all right all right check one check two this is it what is it oh it is it what is it it is the cannabis coffee Cantrell. I'm excited. I'm enthused. We're going to get right to it with all the cannabis news. Not really. We're just going to talk real silly. I got some coffee and it's not willy nilly. It's kind of dark. I got it at Costco, Starbucks, kind of, but it isn't kind of my style, but I'll do it for a while get through Christmas that's how we do it I'm drinking jugs of water I'm getting right to it I got some coffee with almond milk vanilla sweetener it's built right in <laughs> all right welcome to the uh, cannabis coffee hour I'm excited I'm putting this I'm doing this hot episode a few days early because I'm going to be running and gunning it. So I can't promise you I'm going to get two episodes before the new year. But new, well, uh, happy new year if I don't see you uh, or hear from you. Uh, I may drop off, but I may pack, uh, pop up. Uh, I'll let you know further. But I'll give you a little bit of a clue. I am uh, listening to a lot of dub reggae right now slow motion uh slow mo is anybody i love dub reggae when times are like kind of stressful like i don't know there's just something about and you start cleaning your room you start fucking organizing your shit or you just like relax and you go to that point of non-thinking like i think we like music with words or podcasts it's always like pointing into a certain direction where I think deep dub reggae, like, it goes more in, uh, internal. Yeah, I think music goes internal. That's why people dig it so much. It's like uh, vibes you feel all the way inside to your soul. Uh, rock and roll. Here with a cup of coffee. And uh, this is the last. I had this Costco bean, uh, which is it's good. I can't say it's not bad. And I run it through... The good old uh, Chemex, the glass Chemex with the paper filter to cut out the cholesterol. Uh, but I also got this like Alk Mind Get Off Your Acid. Now, it doesn't taste that good, but at the end of the day, this is like a cold cup of coffee that was done really well. But then I put some vanilla oat milk in it, and then I put some of this Get Off Your Acid alk mind which is uh like lines up your stomach right like there's so much of our mood and vibration goes to our stomach are you guys on apple cider vinegar yeah that's what i've been doing one like one to i do i don't even do the table school i do like three caps into a glass of uh straight water and then i mix that up with a fork or a spoon and then i drink and i have to say it feels good and it tastes good i mean i don't know about taste I don't know, it just kind of cleans you out like first thing in the morning, all that funk. Um, and you, it, it is funk, so you got to clean the funk with the funk. 
uh, the gut funk. Um, it's all about getting your gut right. Um, and I, my gut feeling was to do another podcast and uh, kind of line it up. And uh, it's cold out, but the sun is out and uh, deep dub reggae is in effect. I'm drinking some cold coffee. Actually, that's delicious. Like cold, this tastes like pretty much chocolate milk right here. This is like yum. Especially after a little bit of Gelato 33. Um, I just got one pre-roll and this is the strain. And uh, yeah, I haven't been smoking that hard. I've been taking it off. But that's why I kind of like jumping in and doing the podcast. Uh, and, you know, getting to talk about all this funky dub reggae I, I wrote down on my notes talk about dub reggae slow motion because <laughs> when you do slow down like all this meditation all this Eckhart Tolle all this like you know mindfulness it is just like controlling yourself to the point of being so mellow that you know it, at the, all, it doesn't mean you're not going to engage in bullshit but you're going to, how you react to the bullshit's going to be a lot different. So your life vibration goes in a different, it's all vibration. That's why I think, like sometimes you're like, oh, turn this reggae off. But other times you're like, oh my God, this is like medicine, you know. Everything has a time and place. And right now it's getting towards Christmas time. And uh, Hanukkah time and Kwanzaa time, holiday time. Um, but I'm on the green time right now. Um, I enjoyed some of this cannabis and it really, it's, you know, it's a, it's a real, I read about it. Let's just read about it. Um, Gelato 33. Gelato 33 is a hybrid strain made from crossing sunset sherbet and thin mint Girl Scout cookies. Since its birth, a number of phenotypes have been released with their own unique attributes. One of them is Gelato 33. It, it, it is a balanced hybrid. Okay. It's pretty much just saying it's just a, like, you know, that's what I thought, energizing. This is that. And I, and, I, and I fell upon this, and I thought it would be good to knock out a podcast, even though, I don't know, there's like a biplane. Somebody's <laughs> flying some weed from Mexico up here because um, there's weed everywhere, but... In New York, it has gotten weird um, because they haven't really, um, you know, implemented exactly where the legal. There's only like 23 to 35 like legal dispensaries. And I think most of them are in Manhattan. But as we develop this podcast, I'm going to have to go and find those uh, pretty soon. And we'll get some of those guys on the podcast and locate it because it's just like this developing thing, you know. Somebody just flipped the switch in New York City, and it hasn't been like this, but it hasn't that been that big of a, like, I have to say, like, just the only thing you might see is somebody walking and, and being loud, but in terms of, like, between cigarette smoke and herb smoke, you know, uh, I'll take the herb smoke. Sometimes it's a little too loud, like, in super public places. They need to designate like smoking areas and smoking trees and smoking neighborhood. I mean, that's how they do it in Amsterdam. It's just like coffee shop area. And this section of town is where this shit goes down. You know, I always say, yeah, they should do that, that in Lower East Side. But I don't know. Now it's such a big business. 
Um, you know, America has a way of just freeing everything up and then figuring it out. So I think that's what's going on. So there's so much change going on. And these strange, strains change going on. Now I do think it's going to get to like, you know, as I would want, it would be like a single source um, farm that I trust, you know. And it's getting there. Eventually it's going to get there. Um, but I will say that I'm um, looking forward to doing more episodes. This is actually green. This is 199. One more. Uh and I'm, I'm going to try to do it, everybody. Actually, I'll, you know, I'll sneak it. I'm actually going on vacation in Jamaica, so I'm going to try to do it. And I go to this spot. I don't want to blow it up. <laughs> but uh, I may try to knock out a uh, podcast from there. And I was trying to think, like, I've been to Jamaica a few times over the years. And uh, cannabis has always been kind of legal and tolerated. And it's within the culture. Um so I had it pulled up. Yeah, there it is. Cannabis in Jamaica. The Wikipedia. I want you know, it's always been around and it's part of the culture and uh but now since you know, it got decriminalized. <laughs> I can't even say the word right. Uh in 2015. So cannabis in Jamaica is illegal, but possession of small amounts has reduced to a petty def- uh offense. In 2015, cannabis is known as ganja. Uh, internationally, cannabis consumption plays a prominent role in the nation's public in- image, being tied to a cultural touchstones as Rastafari and reggae music. Ganja tourists have been welcome in the 21st century. Let's see. In 2015, Jamaica planted its first legal cannabis plant at the University of the West Indies Mono Campus. In 2018, a longtime advocate for legislation of uh, cannabis opened the first legal medical cannabis dispensary. Heavy rains during the 2020 hurricane season, followed by severe drought, an increase in consumption and a decline in the number of retailers resulted in a shortage as early of as 2021. Oh, no. Uh, as of 2021, the Jamaican Cannabis Licensing Authority authorized 29 cultivators and th- 73 transporters and processors and retailers. Cannabis was sold by legal retor- uh, retailers, herb houses, at about five to ten times the cost as illicitly so uh yeah we'll see um yeah that's kind of like where capitalism meets like to me in jamaican rastafarianism and reggae like it, it was just a part of um cannabis it's a, here's the history cannabis was introduced to jamaica in the 1850s to the 1860s by indentured servants imported from india during british rule of both nations 
Many of the terms used in the cannabis culture in Jamaica are based from Indian terms, including the term ganja. Um, wow. Um, that is wild. Um, just the plant has just gone all over the, uh, planet. And you would think that it, I, it would grow there. No, it's just, you know, I don't know. It just, I think where, where I'm trying to go to, and I'm taking a long way, but that's the whole point is taking a long way and to take it mellow and to slow down. And that's what I like about D-dub reggae is just like slowing it down. And then I can be myself at my own pace. A lot of life is timing. And I think cities and media get you all pumped up. But then when you change your perspective, and I think that's what cannabis does, um, you can slow down and let life open up. I mean, that's what I'm trying to do is just slow down and drop the worry. And, uh, you know, it's with, you know, some of these script projects and all these uh, things that I'm trying to pitch here. Um, soon but I have been uh, curating the uh, cannabis coffee hour YouTube please check it out man um, the I have all the patreon videos over there so please subscribe if you could do anything is subscribe to the uh, cannabis coffee hour YouTube all day um, except on Sundays Uh yeah, there's a chopper out there. Now it's like, it's crazy. Um, but yeah, I wrote down, take it slow. Talk about apple cider vinegar. Talk about uh, some deep dub reggae. Um, let's see my personal mix. What's going to pop up here? Oh, no. <laughs> I don't know if you could hear that, hear that but that's uh mary uh babies and shit i really that's a good song uh that i did <laughs> so i own the rights to that uh it's kind of crude um uh, i don't know if i would put it out now maybe I, I, I would there's a couple songs that i've done for videos and stuff that i still have the that i'm going to release as another ep just like my uh caffeinated dope rhymes um i have all these little projects and i think as an artist, it's really about like curating your own projects that you've been through. And, but I hate looking back and doing this stuff, but sometimes when time goes by, there's perspective and I, I revisit the music videos that I did that never really went viral by any means. Um, but you can tell which ones, you know, kind of have some legs. Um, and this is one of them. So check out Babies and Shit. I'll release that soon. Uh, sh shout out to Caroline Castiglia, who's a great female comic in Brooklyn that I know that uh, rapped on that track, even though I don't think she wanted to. I think she was uh, tired. She said, uh, I think she she did her own album and she was always on. Pro she was just nice enough to do it on last minute. And she knocked that out of the park. I'm listening to Cat Power. He wore. That's a great guitar riff. Um. I like these. Re uh, I Brad and Lex are my favorite uh, uh, reaction videos, and they they listen to Grateful Dead songs. Uh, Grateful Dead trucking reaction. Brad and Lex, check that one out. Outcast bombs over Baghdad. I talked about that. 
I've been listening to a little bit of The Strokes. Uh, yeah, I got to meet the dudes from. I don't never. I don't know if I ever met the lead singer. He might have been there when Mitch Hedberg played Town Hall and I opened for him. And they were backstage, but I didn't hang mob deep. I had my own like little section. Uh, that was like those guys were rocking out. Um, but I've been listening to the Jerry Garcia band uh, a little bit. More cat power, uh, and some public enemy, and uh, and my buddy Mike Doty, the Ghost of of Room. That's a great album that he just recently came out with, and great visuals. He's constantly Mike Doty's from the band Soul Coughing, and he's constantly creating. Um, he did like five nights at Union Hall. I saw. But, you know, during this pandemic thing and gigs of my own, it's hard to go out and see stuff. But that was one I was like, ah, shit, if the timing would have worked out, I would have definitely gone and checked that out. Um, I performed at Union Hall. I may put this up on YouTube. I found like a 20-minute clip. It was a big show. It was in um, Brooklyn, and it was with Reggie Watts and Marina Franklin, and it was these guys, The Moon, the sketch group, The Moon, and they had a good crowd and it was definitely like, you know, 22 year olds or whatever, you know, it was like young New York was out. But in uh, comedy fans, too, and uh, music fan, because uh, Reggie had, you know, Reggie Watts has like music fans and shit, especially back then. Oh, that's some damn good coffee right there. Um, it's like cold, but I'm like oat milked it out. And then I don't know that that get off your ass that definitely has some sweetener and I never put any type of sweetener in my coffee but sometimes I do but I just don't want that extra sugar that extra ping of sugar and so I was always drinking so much coffee I didn't want to add on because I grew up you know with sweet tea uh, excuse me my headphones went flying I had a had a wool hat on but it got too hot I was talking too much <laughs> My jaw was working and I got this big mop of hair and I took, but I did, sh I showered and shaved for this podcast. So hopefully it's coming out clean and mean. Um, Eckhart Tolle, start your shift of consciousness before 2023. All right, Eckhart, I'll get to that in a couple of days. Um, be cool. I guess we got, I, I totally feel that there's some type of shift in consciousness, um, but most of it, it's like within yourself. Um, because I don't know, it's like, uh, I do, I do think, uh, once you step away from like the media loop and then your brain looping around thinking all day, um, excuse me, excuse me. I am sorry to burp on the cannabis coffee. It wasn't a big burp. It was just like, I got so excited to do this podcast and then I'm gulping, um, I'm gulping down some coffee, and um, we're doing a few more uh, minutes here, and I'm I'm talking about the strokes. <laughs> oh, I wanted to talk about some gigs coming up. Actually, I'm playing Arlington. I'm coming back to the D.C. area, the Arlington Draft House. This is official. The link is up. It, uh, I haven't been touring much, and these and this was a place. I was supposed to do, but pre-pandemic, I, I had to cancel it, but I'm coming back, and it's like one of the first places I started 
headlining. I'm um, just doing two shows, two nights. It's a Thursday, Friday, but it's the first one of 2023, which is trippy. Um, January 12th and tw- January 13th, I'll be doing a full hour. So that will be fun. I did, uh, I've been doing, popping in and doing gigs. I have to give a shout out to the West Side Comedy Club. That's a good spot, man. Um, you know, I would definitely check the lineups and see if you know anybody or Google whoever's on the lineup. But in terms of neighborhood, in terms of the restaurant upstairs, this is a great taco place. And it's right next to the Beacon. That was the trippy part. I did a stand-up comedy set, you know, a room of like 500, not 500, I mean like 50. And then I walked by the Beacon Theater with Jerry Seinfeld was sold out. I think he's doing like a month of shows there, which is so dope, which is the ultimate. Just doing a simple theater. It's not simple. I mean, those gigs are big and it's high pressure because everybody's paying. I saw the crowd coming out and they were happy. They had a great time. Uh, It felt like, you know, after a Mets game or something. It was so New York and so like um, big time, you know. You could tell it was like the hot ticketed town or one of them. I would definitely go that uh, to Jerry Seinfeld at the Beacon with my family. You know, if I wasn't a stand up comic running around constantly um, and tired <laughs> and doing a podcast every week. But if somebody had a ticket and was like, yo, Rob, you want to go check this out? And I never check out stand up comedy. I love concert. I love music concerts. I was thinking about talking about that, like. That that energy I do miss, and I love seeing live concerts, um, live music. Um, yeah, I uh, yeah, that's what I want. What, uh, like that Union Hall gig with Reggie Watts was big in Williamsburg. I literally lived above where the Apple Store is in Williamsburg. Um, it, now it's a big Apple Store. It was like a total bodega warehouse. Uh, New York thing and I lived up there with like eight roommates but I performed all around there but one of the other gigs I did was at the knitting factory but it was before it was the knitting factory and it was like the this this has got to be 2005 2006 but I opened for dub trio which is a dub like heavy metal dub band there was a couple bands that I was uh performing with lionize uh, my friend Joseph Yoon, who I need to have on this podcast, fascinating cat. He managed bands, but now he's like a professional chef. And he also specializes in insects and bugs. And he used to be a big stoner. I, I don't know. I haven't talked to him. I actually worked with him. He has a catering business, and I, and I did some side gigs for him uh, a couple times. But I, I yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk to him. Um, but he was fascinating. But I worked with Lion Eyes, which was this band out of D.C. that are reggae band. And then Dub Trio, which was like a dub band that was uh, heavy, kind of like heavy. They were signed to like Mike Patton's label. Or they backed Mike Patton. And I think they backed, they definitely backed, I think the dude, the bassist dude, Stu, backed uh, Modest Yahoo. And I think maybe on the like the big cuts. The big records, I'm not sure. But um, those guys are amazing musicians. But I bombed so bad in front of these dudes. They were doing their record label, uh, Cool Out. It was, what was it? It was just called, yeah, it was something like Come Together and Cool Out. 
no, Cool Out and Coexist. But they were like a heavy band, and this was like before stand-up like got popular, and this was like heavy hipster era shit. And I came out there, and I wasn't announced, and I was supposed to warm up the, the crowd, and this one speed freak just freaked out and was screaming, and then we got in this huge screaming. <laughs> I popped off and yelled back at him, um, which I now in hindsight I shouldn't have. Uh, but back then, I think my ego and not being prepared to handle just this dude just was not having it, man. Like, what, he just wouldn't even let me start. It was crazy. He started screaming, get off. He was just going nuts, saying, get off, bring on the band, uh, you know. And I just started into my 10-minute set. So, yeah, you know, it was just brutal. And then I had to hang out, and I ate pizza with those dudes afterwards, and they were so cool. I ran into one of them one time, but I was really high, so I didn't say hi. And the last time we saw, you know, we worked together, you never talk about those gigs. But now on this podcast, I was thinking, you know, um, about, you know, you, you know, I was just thinking about you got to just go through it, you know. That's like uh, the holidays, you know, and, and, and not the talk of Christmas or the birth and death of, you know, you just got to go through it. And you keep moving and bouncing back. <clears throat> all the rough gigs, all the even life, all the rough stuff teaches you what might be coming down the pipe. And then you're, you're, you're more prepared uh, when something big uh, and better has happened, which, I, you know, touring with Tracy Morgan, like he wouldn't keep me on the tour if I was bombing it up. And he definitely saw me like the first night that was wild. Like, I was just supposed to try to write for him, and then it's hard to write for him because he's like all over the map. He's funny naturally, and uh, and I I tried to write. My stuff is so surreal and out there. His is very authentic. Uh, just like a lot of sports ref, you know, all the shit he knows, growing up in the uh, in the Bronx in Brooklyn. It, you know, just a pure New Yorker through and through. Um, and so, I, but he did give me a shot. Like, he was like, out of the blue, like, let's put Rob up. And I, you know, I had a great set. I had, and then I kept working for a year and a half after that. So, you know, there's just like times and places where shit's supposed to happen. And the more you chill, I guess what I was saying is just like, the more you chill and slow down, you know, the good shit happens. Like I was walking by today and I do this now time to time. If there's sun out, I'll literally take my glasses off and point my face right at the sun and I close my eyes, uh, especially I don't stare in the sun, but I just let it hit right in my forehead. And that's been my my power move um, to get through, you know, these uh, a lot of people are getting sick out there. I'm washing my hands and getting my hand sanitizer on. I got my mask. Um, but I do got to do, I got to do like two big travel trips. I'm travel. That's why I'm doing this. I got to travel tomorrow. So this is, you know, this isn't going to be a super long, long, long podcast, you know? Um, this is, uh, just something to get through the holidays. This is a shot of apple cider vinegar and a chug of water. 
put on some this is the this is the joint I was pumping. Uh actually dub they have a great uh Instagram. Check out dub dot reggae, man. Um they have a it's just like deep dub trippy shit, man. That's on Instagram. And then on YouTube I'm listening to Dub Hall of Fame Roots Reggae Dub Mix Highest Quality. The most crucial dubs from the Roots era. Promotional use only. Yeah, this looks like an old, like, 12-inch. That's why, you know, music in Jamaica is so dense. Every town has a sound system. All so many musicians. And so many, you know... I mean, that's where hip-hop kind of comes from, is Jamaica. And it's actually the DJ, you know. From breakdancing days, like... The DJ was the guy that had the whole sound system, man. So he was the coolest. Um, and he knew the best beats. So the guy with the sound system had knew the best beats. And every town, you know, even growing up in uh, D.C. and then in Virginia in this little town, Buena Vista, uh, Richie Seacrest, he was the big uh, DJ. He had a Jeep. Uh, he, had a, he would pump uh, beats and play music at the high school. I loved hanging out. Uh, and I would come and hang out, and they set up, you know, a mixer. My other friend had a mixer. My mom wouldn't buy me the mixer and the two turntables. She just didn't understand that, and it was too much money for a 12-, 13-year-old boy, which is true. But I did know a dude that did, and then I knew an older cat that had a whole sound system and did gigs and shit. Um, and I would I would pick out records, or I would move some crates. <laughs> uh but yeah, I I had a great 12-inch collection in terms of uh, early hip-hop. But then all these dub plates, like all these towns in Jamaica have bands and musicians and people with sound systems and making that low, you know, when it's hot out, you just want that low tone, low, you know, cool, uh, mellow beat. And it does soothe your soul. Um but sometimes you want to rock and roll. <laughs> you got to have a little bit of both. Um, I hope you have a great Christmas. I hope you have a great Hanukkah. I hope you have a great Kwanzaa. I hope you have a great intergalactic universe. Um, New Year's dance. I'm going to be taking it mellow as a cello. Um, I'm an old fellow. <laughs> I'm not here to bellow. I'm not here to bark. But I like to spark a little weed in the park. <laughs> so I'm out. Thanks for listening. Keep on glistening. And I'll be missing you. But I'll catch up next year. Maybe an, even sooner. But, you know, I'm always a crooner.
discovering truth is not a question of intelligence. It's intelligence, not intellectual ability or intellectual intelligence at all. Because if it were, I mean, there's so many people who would really um, sharp intellects, you know. They have such skill at comprehending or going to the point. So if that was all that it took, there'd be many, very, many, many uh, Buddhas who came to the, the intellectual archery. 